you have to put it on. And I was thinking about an illustration for this. How many of you, when you were a small child, your mom or your dad laid out your clothes for you? Okay, a few of you. Men, how many of you, your wives, lay out your clothes for you? Come on. There's more honesty there. Thank you. (laughs) But the reality, (laughs) thank you, Maria, for helping Scott be honest. We appreciate that. And you can usually tell a guy that's married when he's gotten out of the house before his wife's up, (laughs) can't you? Nothing matches, you know, and he's happy as a lark, but there you go. But the reality is, it's almost the same scenario. The clothes are laid out for you, but you have to choose to put them on, don't you? And what this scripture is telling us is, God, this is Fred. Everybody say, hi, Fred. I'm telling you, if he speaks back, I'm gone. I mean, y'all are on your own. But, but this is Fred, and Fred's helping us illustrate what the suit of armor is. But the reality is God has given us a suit of armor, each one of us. It's perfectly fitted for you. But you have to choose to use the weapons. You have to choose to put it on. So the implication is you can walk out of the house unarmed into a world that's really hard. But God's telling us, hey, the, the writer, the Apostle Paul is telling us, look, God's prepared all these great weapons for you, but you have to choose to arm yourself every day. You know, you never want to be in a situation where you're not armed up for the, for the challenge at hand, are you? You always want to be ready. So today we're going to talk about having your feet prepared and also about the shield of faith. We're only going to cover a couple of these today because there's just too much to go over. But if you look at your notes, number one says your feet... Shoes and boots fitted with the readiness or preparation that comes from the gospel of peace. Read that again. Your feet, and I put in parentheses, shoes or boots fitted with the readiness or preparation that comes from the gospel of peace. You know, when you think about armor, you know, I think about the shield, and of course I really think about the sword and the helmet. All these other things are really visible, but a lot of times you don't think how important your feet are, do you? You don't think about that. But, but I want to tell you right now, if you go to my house and, and I said, hey, would you run outside and go down to the mailbox and you didn't wear your shoes, you would not get very far because it's rocky and the ground hurts and, and shoes are really important and it's so easy to overlook them because they don't seem that important, do they? I mean, shoes, what, what's the importance of shoes? Well, remember the Apostle Paul for years had been around these Roman soldiers who were keeping him prisoner, and he was able to intricately look at all the armor that was on them, and I'm sure there were a lot of conversations about what each of the pieces of armor did. And I'm sure it was interesting when they began to talk about what goes on with these shoes. And let me cover just for a few minutes how important these shoes were. Actually, what happens is the Roman soldier's shoes actually included everything from the knee down. And the Roman soldier had actually what they call greaves that went around the legs, and they actually protected your legs. So when you were advancing in combat, you had these greaves that were protecting your shins. So if you were going through woods or whatever, or somebody was throwing stuff at you, you had these metal greaves that protected your shins. And the shoes were more than just sandals. Uh, Has anybody ever seen football cleats or baseball cleats with the metal on the bottom of them? It was more like that, where where you had this armor on your shins, but then the feet were laid over with all these pieces of leather, and they also had metal in the shoes. But underneath them was very interesting. They actually had spikes on the bottom of their shoes. And I thought it was interesting. Here's the deal with these spikes. Whenever the soldiers would take their position and they would stand, 
those spikes would sink into the ground. So if an enemy pushed against them, their spikes helped hold them in the ground. How cool is that, huh? They weren't these flat-bottomed little sandals. They were these shoes with spikes on them. So when Paul said, the Apostle Paul says to stand your ground and then stand, you would get to your position and you were either advancing and pushing on those shoes that had grip on the bottom of them or you were able to lock yourself into place and stand. And they help lock you in. So this is a very important piece of our weaponry here. The other thing that would be on these shoes is these spikes were also offensive weapons where you could kick if you needed to. Sometimes the Roman soldiers would have spikes on the end of their shoes so that they could kick. So these were offensive weapons, not just something to cover their feet. So when you think about how important these pieces are, they're a critical piece. Every piece here is critical. And it talks about that your feet shod, your feet prepared with the gospel of peace. So notice that the shoes are the gospel of peace. And I wanted to talk to you about what that means. Colossians 3.15 says this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Everybody say rule. Rule. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. And I want to focus on this word rule. Underline that or circle that in your notes. Because that's an interesting thing. Letting the peace of Christ rule rule in your hearts the greek word for rule is brabeo everybody say brabeo you're welcome (laughs) the greek word is brabeo and what the definition of this word rule means is to be the umpire or the referee in other words when you let the peace of christ rule in your hearts you're giving god's peace control of your hearts in other words the situations that you face if God's peace is in you it controls your next step let me give you some clarity here a couple of translations and I think this is in your notes in other words let the peace of God call the shots in your life let the peace of God be the umpire in your life and your actions how many of you have ever played sports where there was an umpire or a referee what do the How many of you have ever argued with an umpire before? Let me just ask you a question. How did that go? (laughs) Did it ever really work out for you? And I'm sure when this umpire called you out on a strike and you said to them, excuse me, sir, I, I disagree with what you've said. Can we talk together? Is that how you did that? Is that how you did that? No. No, you go... You idiot, didn't you see that? I mean, you know, you were not happy about it, weren't you? (laughs) And I want to tell you, (laughs) when I was in uh, high school, I think I was in 10th grade, um, I played baseball all up through high school and all that stuff, and and, uh, one time there was a little league game going on, and and the referee, the infield referee, didn't show up. And so they said, we need a volunteer to go work and, and I'm like 15 years old. We need a, a referee to, to come in the infield and be the infield ref. Well, I've been playing baseball my whole life. I'm like, well, this can't be hard, and the kids are this big. No problem. Never, ever, 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 ever will I do that again. <laughs> I won't. Because I remember at 15, I'm actually scarred over this, guys. I'm actually scarred right now. I just spilled water on the floor, but it was this little armored guy that did it, and If I start dancing around, I don't know that it'll be the Holy Spirit. It's probably this microphone. (laughs) But anyway, I remember being in the infield, and I'm standing, and the game's just started, and there's a hit, and they throw the ball to first place, and I call the guy out. 
And you would have thought that I shot somebody. Ah! I mean, people are screaming and hollering. I'm like, I'm just a kid. Leave me alone. They didn't like the call. They argued with the referee. He was still out, and I'll never umpire a game again. I mean, it was, but the umpire, but, but the reality is the umpire, the referee, they're the ones that have the last call, don't they? And what the scripture is telling us is we need to let God's peace be the umpire in our life. In other words, when you're facing a challenge, when you're facing a situation, God's word needs to be the final authority in what goes on in your life. And if you disagree with God's word, if you don't go with it, then you're going to reap the repercussions of that. And I don't know about you guys, but any time in my life, any time in my life that I've decided to do and go against the word of God, the peace of God, it's never worked out. Not one time. And you know why? Because God's smarter than we are. Everybody said, amen. Amen. And so we have to learn to allow God's peace to rule and reign in our life and follow the peace of God in our lives. He needs to be the umpire. Philippians 4, 7 says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. When we allow God's peace to rule and reign in us, there's a peace that comes on us that passes understanding. One of the most encouraging things to me as a Christian is to see someone who has fully surrendered their life to the Lord and even when they go through challenges, they are sincerely at peace. You know the people I'm talking about. Maybe they're dealing with a sickness in their family. Maybe they've lost their job. Maybe they're dealing with whatever the situation is. And you know that this situation is going on in their life. But when you talk to them, they're not just saying everything's going to be all right. They have a quiet confidence in them that passes understanding. You can't figure it out. And you know why? Because they know that God's going to take care of them. And you know what? He will. And have you ever been in a situation, maybe the opposite, where you're trying to trust God and you're struggling through and you don't have a lot of peace and then at the end it all works out? And you said to yourself, man, if I would have just known this is how it was going to turn out, I would have been okay. Anybody like that? Anybody? Yeah. And you spent all this time worrying about this situation and being miserable and God took care of it, but you were so stressed out you didn't get to enjoy the peace and the confidence in God. And that's supposed to be what we walk around with, guys. You know, I spoke to some people the other day about faith and about different things in faith. And, and I know and I believe that when I walk into a situation as a child of God, that we're gonna win. Because I want the peace of God to lead me and the peace of God to rule in my life and to recognize that if God says something's gonna happen, we have confidence in him that he will move and do. And we let that peace be the umpire. And I want to encourage you in this today. If you're facing a challenging situation, if you're one of those people that there are things that go on you don't understand, I want you to let God's peace rule and let him be the umpire. Lord, what do you say about my situation? And then allow him to lead you. Let that peace be what you walk around with. Do you get that? It's very important, isn't it? 
We have the peace of God in us. We have the assurance, look in your notes there, we have the assurance that no matter what, we will have victory. No matter what the situation looks like, we will have victory because God's peace rules and reigns. And here's the point. When the challenges come, we must choose to let God's word and the peace that Jesus gives us rule. And I know some of you, and I know some of the challenges that you're facing, and you need to get to the place where you lay those burdens down at the foot of the cross, and I'm talking about me too, and leave them there. And trust God to do what only he can do. And when you have done all to stand, stand. God, your word says, and I will not be moved because your peace rules. Amen? Let's look at number two in our notes this morning. Ephesians 6.16, some of you are really going to like this. Ephesians 6.16, in addition to all these other pieces of armor that we've talked about, you take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The word shield in Greek is thurios, thurios. And here's what the word shield in Greek means. It means door, actual physical a door. And the way the Roman soldiers had, they had different kinds of shields, but the primary shield that you would see a Roman soldier carry was kind of shaped in the face of a door. If you've ever noticed that, go, that kind of looks like a door. And this, this shield they would carry was much larger than this one. It would actually cover most of their body. And they would hold this piece of shield, they would hold the shield up and it looked like a door and, it, and they would stand behind the shield and it covered. They would be able to put their eyes above it and it would go down to their knees, which you know are armored, and they would be able to hold this shield. And it protected them. Here's what's interesting about these shields. It also would protect people around them also. The shield of faith. Faith comes by experience, doesn't it? But it also comes, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God has given you enough faith to stop every flaming arrow. The enemy shoots your way. And here's the big question to me. Faith is huge. Faith is huge. So how do I get more faith? How do I get more faith? How, how do I make sure this shield is strong? How do I make sure I have the shield that I need in my life to really cover me and be there for me and protect me? How do I get more faith? So then faith comes by hearing, Romans ten seventeen, and hearing by the word of God. What does that mean to you? If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, what, what's, what's the result? If you want more faith, then what? Read and study the word more. Read and study the word more. It's very simple. I love the way the kingdom of God works. It's not real complicated, is it? It's not real complicated, is it? Let me ask you another question, just very simply. If you want to lose weight, what do you need to do? Really two things. What? Exercise and what else? Eat right. Isn't that awesome? We all knew that. Somebody went, oh my goodness, I had no idea. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> now, it's hard to do a little bit, isn't it? But you do know what you need to do. So if, if you exercise and you eat right, the end result will be you'll lose weight every time. It's miraculous, right? 
So the question comes down to, do you want broccoli or Twinkies? Well, if you want to lose weight, you eat broccoli. broccoli. Woohoo! We're geniuses. We got this figured out. <laughs> so if you want to lose weight, you got to eat better, and then you've got to exercise, which means you either sit on the couch or you go for a walk. Which one do you do? Go for a walk. Don't say sit on the couch. I know where you live. <laughs> okay? So, so this is not complicated, is it? And so when we look at the Word of God, if we want more faith in our life, we need to read the Word more. Why? Because we need to know what God says about our situations. And here's the other part of this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The other way we grow our faith is by experience. It's by experience. When you step out in faith and you have victory, it gives you more faith. And then you get more faith. And you read God's word and you believe God's promises and you get more faith. Let me give you a real easy example of this. Some of you have begun to tithe, and I know some of you in your businesses. I know a couple of guys in here I've talked to about this before. They said, you know what, I'm going to consistently tithe and see what God does. And they consistently tithe and all of a sudden God starts blessing their business. Or whatever it is. And, and so they're like, man, this really works. So I'm going to stay consistent with this. And God continue. Because here's the deal, y'all. God will always hold up his end of the bargain. Always. So if God says he's going to do something, then we can believe that. But we don't experience that until we step out in faith and do what the word says to do. But here's the problem. And I would imagine that almost everybody in the room has done this before. Here's what we've said to God. God, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. Anybody? And the rest of you are lying. I can't believe that right then. <laughs> I know I've done that. I remember being in a high school English class in 10th grade. I still remember this. I wasn't sitting on the front because, you know, <laughs> but I was a few rows back, and I remember sitting in class, and I was really seeking God's presence, y'all. I mean, out of sincerity, I wanted to know if God was real. I grew up in church, but I didn't want to just have this religious experience. I, I mean, I really wanted to know if God was real. I was 16. God, are you really out there? And I remember sitting at my desk, and I had a pencil on my desk, and I said, God, if you're real, move this pencil Come on, anybody ever tested God like that? Thank you for your honesty. And I remember being in my bedroom at night, and I would say, God, if you're real, turn the lights on or off. And that's something. The creator of the universe, God, if you're real, move this pencil. <laughs> because here's what that really meant. God, if, if you'll move this pencil, I'll believe in you. And I'll serve you. But I want you to do this little thing for me. A few months after that, my youth group and I were on a mission trip. We were going on a mission trip to the Navajo Indians. And I got saved, so if that tells you something. <laughs> and we had a Bible study at a place called Angel Peak in New Mexico. And, and we had this Bible study. I have no idea what was said. All I know is everybody got up and walked off to do whatever they were doing, and I was sitting there by myself. And when you're from Texas, you're not used to seeing mountains, amen? <laughs> and I remember being up there on this mountain, and I could see it look like forever. And I had this sense that somebody did this. And out of the sincerity of my heart, 
I said, God, if you're real, just let me know. That was the right question. And the Spirit of God, as sure as I'm standing here, spoke to my heart. And he spoke to me and he said, I will never leave you. You know what's interesting about that? I didn't ask that. (laughs) You know, I've told you guys why the scripture means so much to me, where Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Because I've been a bonehead a number of times in my life, (laughs) as you know. (laughs) He knew what I needed. He didn't have to flip a light switch, and he didn't have to move a pencil. The creator of the universe reached down and spoke to my heart. He said, I'll never leave you because that's what you need. You don't need me to do some cheap magic trick. You need your heart to be changed. Well, I want to tell you, the faith level in my life began to rise because as I stepped out, the creator of the universe met me. So you don't need to be asking God, Lord, please do such and such and then I'll believe you. He's God. He can do anything. You need to get into the word of God and say, Lord, you know my situation. You know my finances are falling apart. God, help me. And he'll say to you, then you need to tithe and you need to clean things up. And if you'll do that, then I'll meet your needs. Or he'll say to you in your life, Father, I'm sick and I need your help. And and then you go to the word and you see what the word says about your situation. And if we will apply God's truth to what we're dealing with in our life, guys, he will come through every single time. But we have to stand up and say, Lord, your will, your way. And the promise is that if we'll do that and we'll trust God and if we'll apply his principles to our life, that shield of faith will stand up in front of you and it will be able to extinguish every flaming arrow of the evil one. Everything. You know, you can't beat somebody that's, that's confident they're going to win. You can't beat somebody that's confident they're going to win. You know, this week was tough for me because I had an expectation of what was going to go on the election, and I believed certain things, and some things didn't go the way I thought they should. Nobody really asked me. (laughs) But it shook me up a little bit. And I had to regroup a little bit and say, all right, Lord, I want you to understand something. God is in control, y'all. God is in control. And he has a plan. And when your faith gets shaken and when the, when the waves come and the storms start to rise, that's when you look at the scripture and Jesus is right there with you in the boat. And he can speak to your storm and he can say, peace, be still. Because he is God. And you don't see the big picture. And some of the things that we ask for in our life, if God gave them to us, we'd hurt ourselves with them. I've said this before, but I think it's so true. How many of you, how many guys, guys, come on, let me see your hands. Guys, when you were growing up, how many of you played Army when you were a kid? I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I wrote Christmas lists out. You know, and I'm sure if I went back and I could find some of my Christmas lists as a kid, you know, there would be things in my list that say, Dear Santa Claus, I would like an Army tank. A real one, you know. Or, dear Santa Claus, I want an airplane. Or, dear Santa Claus, I want an M16. Or, dear Santa Claus, there was something. You know what's amazing? I never got a real live army tank as a kid. 
It was only when I was in college, which wasn't a big difference between. (laughs) But you know what? The reason that God doesn't give us some of the things we ask for is because we're going to hurt ourselves or somebody else with it. Because he knows what you don't know. And sometimes the closed doors and the, and the challenges that we face, maybe you lose your job or maybe you're having challenges in your relationship or maybe you're struggling in certain areas and you don't understand, that's when you have to lift up the shield of faith and say, God, even though I don't understand, even though this doesn't seem fair, even though these people hurt me, even though this has happened in my life, I don't understand. But God, your word says, and that shield of faith comes up, You can't beat somebody like that. Because what's the worst thing that can happen as a Christian? You die and go to heaven. That song I can only imagine. That's the worst thing. (laughs) That's the worst thing. And that's pretty good, isn't it? as a child of God. And so we need to learn to lift up that shield of faith and say, Lord, I don't understand, but my heart is clean before you. So Father, I lift up the shield of faith and I trust you. Even in the midst of the pain, even in the midst of the challenges, I trust you. You are God. You are God. And then the peace of God rules in your life. Because no matter what happens, you trust him. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to you today? Some of you have been struggling with that. Lord, you're asking God a lot of questions, and I don't think there's anything wrong with asking God questions. But here's maybe the way you ought to approach that. Lord, I don't understand why this, that, or the other thing happened, but I know you're God, and I know you love me, so I'm gonna trust you no matter what I see. And that's when the Apostle Paul says, then stand. And that person is immovable. Amen? Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. And I thank you that you've given us this armor, this real armor that we can put on that protects us. It protects our heart, Lord. And it protects our mind. And Father, I pray especially today for those people that are here that are dealing with challenges in their life. They're dealing with with tough questions that they don't have the answers to. They don't understand. And Father, they love you. And you're their Savior. You're their Lord. And they're surrendered to you. And these challenges have come up and they don't get it. And Father, I pray right now that they would make a quality decision to trust you that you know best and their shield of faith comes up and the peace of God is on their feet and nothing, nothing, nothing can move them. That no weapon formed against them will prosper. That there, there is such peace in the midst of the storm and I speak that peace to them right now in Jesus' name. And we receive that, Father. We receive that. Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for your promises. I thank you, Lord, that I don't have to feel anything for your power to work in my life. That it's not about my feelings. It's about the fact that you're God 
And that you rule and you reign and you're the creator. And you said that you have a plan for our lives and it's for good and not for evil to give us a future and a hope. So no matter what the situation looks like, your word says we win. Amen. And so, Father, we receive that word today. And we trust you. You know, I know there's some of you that are here today and maybe you're struggling with that. Maybe you're dealing with some challenges in your life right now. And the world's beating you up. You've been going out to battle and you haven't had your armor on and you're beat up. Well, I want you to know you're in a safe place today. If the prayer partners will come forward. If that's you today, you're dealing with the challenge. Maybe it's in your finances, your health, your relationships, whatever it is. And you just need God to meet you at the point of your need. Then I want you to just get up and come down to the altar today. No matter what's going on, there's no embarrassment in this. This is a church family. We're here for you. If you're dealing with the challenge and you need somebody to agree with you in prayer, we've got folks up here that are going to do that. Just step out and come down. Say, Father, I need somebody to agree with me. Amen. Let's just take a few moments to do that. And if you're not dealing with any challenges, maybe things are going well, you're in between storms right now, then I want you to pray for those around you. Just pray for those people. Pray for those that come to the front. And let's just pray that God will move and touch their life and give them strength. Let's take a few moments. Amen.
You know, I want to encourage you to read Psalm 34 this week. I'm giving you homework. All the adults are really excited about that. You know, we have to understand in life that when challenges come, when trials come, when, when all these things come in our life, we have to trust God. We have to lift up that shield of faith, and we have to trust him. And say, Lord, I trust you no matter what the circumstances look like. Amen? In your own life, let's make sure we do that. Let's all stand this morning. We have people still up here praying, and I want to respect and honor that. Lord, I just thank you, and I speak blessing over this congregation today. As we leave this place, Father, there's a hurting world out there. Lord, help us to lift up our eyes and see all those around us that are hurting and lost. And Lord, let us just love them and point them to you. I pray, Father, that uh, you would show up in our lives this week and just speak to us and let us know you're there, that you love us and that you care about us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, all right, I want you to give three or four people a high five on your way out. Tell them you're glad they came to church this morning.